0: jazz. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Happening Hoops radio show. My name is Ethan Hennessy, and I am here with my co-host
1: Chase Heckman. Welcome to the show today. We had a hiatus since we were on spring break and now we're back for a very fun episode it looks like. We've got a lot of postseason talk uh, planned today. We got some NCAA tournament talk and of course, although the NCAA tournament will be covering most of the show, we have some CBI and CIT discussions stay for the end, just a snippet, you know. That's to, what you come uh, to happening hoops for. Oh yes, you get uh, also all... a
0: little bit of nit in there. We'll...
1: Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> nit the the not in tournament. Um, <laughs> and no, no offense to nit teams, including my own Irish, who just got knocked out by Penn State. So yeah. I've got no reason, to, I've got no room to talk, really. So. But, but yeah.
0: yeah, so so we've been gone for two weeks. I think last time we were on the air, I wasn't even on the air because I had the flu. But it was Chase and Danny. And the ASUN tournament was just tipping off. And they were talking about uh, a bunch of good conference tournaments that I heard like the first 10 minutes of and then the sound cut out. But, um, yeah, so we're back here. uh, And let's just jump right into it, I guess. So um, this was the year of the upset. And, obviously, I think we got to lead off the show with the biggest upset ever in the history of the NCAA NCAA tournament, Uh, UMBC, a 16-seed beat... Virginia a one seed by 20 points in the first round. What were your initial thoughts, Chase?
1: What was my... Well, okay... I was really mad when that happened for, for several reasons. Okay. Now I know there's a lot of UMBC stole the hearts of of Americans. I could see that on Twitter, (laughs) but, um, no, I wasn't mad about the upset. What I was mad about was the fact that I looked at the schedule that day and I was like, you know what? I don't think there's going to be many upsets today based on this schedule. So I'm just going to go hang out with some friends. And lo and behold, I was checking the scores, like, you know, just, you know, hanging out at a friend's house. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. The biggest upset in basketball is taking place ever. So I'm like, okay, listen, guys, I know we're supposed to be hanging out right now, but can we please put on the Virginia UMBC game? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And so we watched the end of it. Thankfully, I saw it. But um, it's just I couldn't believe it because everything seemed to collapse for Virginia. Their defense um, was just non-existent in the second half, it seemed like. UMBC hit a lot of threes that they didn't hit in their second game against K-State. They really struggled to score against K-State, but they didn't struggle to score against Virginia, which was, um, which is a, a tougher First defense. First team that
0: Virginia allowed more than 70 points on. All
1: year, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty crazy when you think about it because, I mean, this is uh, this is obviously the best 16 seed ever, right, I think? Uh, yeah. One of yeah. them. So yeah, so. Um, if,
0: if I could get into my prediction or my analysis here, like, um, I watched the entire game start to finish because mm-hmm. um, it was Cause the only team from Maryland in this year. And so I wanted to support. Um, and so I was watching and they were hanging with them in the first half. And I was like, you know, this this is a good sign. Uh-huh. But last year, Mount St. Mary's was hanging with Villanova um, in the first half. And I was like, OK, well, it needs to happen the second half first before we get <laughs> too excited here. But then they started pulling away in the beginning of the second half. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a chance. And then they just kept piling it on, and they couldn't miss, and Virginia couldn't hit anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is going to happen." And at at the under twelve, I called it. I'm like, "This is actually going to happen. UMBC is going to win." You could, and I was that like yelling at that, my though. TV, and like it was it was crazy. And because like it's one thing to have a 16 seed upset a one seed, and that is fantastic, and that's that's terrific. But when it's it's the team seven miles up the road from where you live, and like you know, people who go there. You were in in a class in high school with one of the guys on the team, like you've gone to games there, you interviewed the coach like that. That's just a completely different who's, level. Who's and it that was, player? was so happy there. Uh, Jordan Grant. Oh, okay. Sociology class, sophomore year at that's Archbishop cool. Spalding. So, wow.
1: Yep. So you really felt a connection. With
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, 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 know a bunch of people who go to oh, UMBC yeah, sure. and you know, it, so it's, it's just terrific for, um, Baltimore. It's terrific for UMBC. It's, it's terrific for mid majors and, um, uh, I'll be honest, though. I mean, if you had told me like that, that one of the five Baltimore teams was gonna uh, be the first 16 seed to be the one seed, I would have been like, "It's Towson." I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I, I wouldn't have predicted UMBC. Uh, UMBC really, sh- I w- I don't want to say shouldn't have been here, but they they very easily couldn't have been here. No, if, if they will, shot if against Vermont in fall, they were. I was getting ready to go to a CIT game yeah. there, but they they won and they got in.
1: It's crazy because. And I I remember seeing this on your Twitter because you were tweeting about it, um, obviously. But um, you said something along – or it wasn't you, but it was you quote tweeted something Mm and agreeing with it. I can't remember who said it, but it was like – oh, no, it it was Joe Lunardi. Joe Lunardi said that, like, teams like Loyola and UMBC wouldn't get in the tournament if they hadn't won their championship games. Yeah. And yet here they are, like, you know, winning multiple games. Well, UMBC only won one, but they almost won another. So it's just crazy when you think about it. Obviously, UMBC wouldn't have gotten in anyway if they lost because they already had ten losses and they were in the America East. Yeah. So um, even though this this did happen, it doesn't it doesn't rationalize should UMBC have been in even if they'd lost. Obviously not. Yeah.
0: But but, but conferences like the Missouri Valley or Conference USA or or, or all these, or if you have a team that just runs through their league, like like Vermont, like y- they should be in. Yeah, I, th- I think hopefully, given what we've seen this year with the 16 beating the one, and there's going to be a mid-major in the Elite Eight and all these upsets, that hopefully the committee will will look at that next year and think <laughs> to give these conferences more of a chance. I saw a really good statistic that the MVC has won a game every single um, NCAA tournament since 2012.
1: They're one of the best. I mean, if not the best mid-major conferences in the tournament, you know, yeah. at least based on performance. Because Loyola, now I saw, has like what the a top second, ten, so, the second, second
0: best NCAA winning yeah. percentage. Now but obviously they've only
1: they've this is the first time since 1985 um, where they also won a game right in they nineteen. They made to the Sweet Sixteen well. Okay, in '85. Yeah, they they so. have
0: um, eleven losses or eleven wins and four losses in I'm um, I think probably five or six appearances. Yeah, no, it would be, f- yeah, five appearances because they won one. Yeah. So, yeah, in five appearances they're eleven and four.
1: It's just crazy that a team with five appearances also has a national championship. Obviously, it was a very long time ago, but still, that's crazy. They beat Cincinnati that year in 1963, um, yep. which is crazy. And speaking of Cincinnati, <laughs> they choked they pretty hardcore. I don't know if you saw the end of that game. But, I think um, yeah, I
0: think I saw the very end of that.
1: The very end. Uh, Cincinnati was up. I just want to touch on this game before we move on. Um, We can talk more about UMBC because we haven't talked much about them. But Cincinnati, man, I felt Cincinnati, the city of Cincinnati, had a really bad night last night because Xavier uh, took the L against Florida State. Um, They were up like 10 um, with I think like five minutes to go or something like that. I can't remember. But they ended up losing to Florida State, a big upset. Um, Florida State, I didn't. See them beating Xavier, even though I didn't think Xavier. Was a one I, I seed. actually saw it because I
0: think Xavier was by far the weakest one seed. Oh now, yeah, Virginia sure. did
1: lose. I know, but I think
0: I everybody, just, everybody consensus going in thought that Xavier was the worst one seed. Yeah,
1: I just didn't see. I don't think a lot of people. Yeah, didn't in, think in Xavier my bracket, was a one had, seed, but I had Florida State,
0: Gonzaga, like it is now.
1: So did, did you really? Yeah. And you're being a big advocate for the Big East, and you picked against Xavier. I was.
0: The... I I mean, I, I love the Big East, but I acknowledge that Xavier was a weak one seed. Very weak.
1: I, but I just, I don't know, even though I was a Xavier doubter this season, I didn't see them losing to Florida State or even Missouri, so this just came as a surprise to me. I definitely saw them losing to Gonzaga, though. Mm-hmm. So I, even if they had somehow won against Florida State in, in the waning minutes, I, I felt like they would have lost to Gonzaga in the next round anyway. Um, Gonzaga is a really good team, by the way. They're better than a four seed, in my opinion. Um, only four losses all year. Um, that's going to be a tough game, though. I think Michigan's going to beat Texas A and M. We'll get later to our yeah. Picks I just back, um,
0: back back to back to UMBC to UMBC. That I mean, like it just I I, I had actually I wanted to touch on this first. I saw um, or I was watching a, a, a clip on sports there. I don't know who it was that said it, but someone said that now. Forever going forward, like if those guys from the UMBC team get stopped in the street, they're gonna and and asked like they're gonna be, oh, you were that guy that was on the UMBC team that beat Virginia, but vice versa, the same like Kyle guy and the the guy Jerome for Virginia, like whenever people meet them, they're gonna be like, oh, you were on that Virginia team that was the first team to lose to a sweet or to a sixteen seed, and you know I I don't think that's necessarily a fair you know way to to have it where every single time people are going to be oh you're the ones who lost but i mean then again i feel like that that's just the way it is that that it's like everybody remembers it so much because it was so memorable that that that's going to be the way it is and i think it's going to be a a black mark on on tony bennett's resume even though he's a phenomenal coach um and i'm not necessarily agreeing that it should be but i i think it will be
1: virginia's never going to live this down um And I think that, well, because there are a lot of people, because of how they've performed in March in years past with Tony Bennett, um, there's going to be a lot. There is still a lot of criticism, and even after this loss, obviously there's going to be increased criticism over his system and whether it can actually be implemented correctly in March. Um, and I think both me and Ethan are big fans of Tony Bennett. Yeah. Um, and I think we're fans of... of.
0: I, I'm not as much as you, but I... I no, I'm yeah, a I, good coach. I, I think yeah. he's
1: a good coach, and I think... This loss shouldn't put him on the hot seat because they they've been relevant because of him in his system in the yep. regular season. March not so much, obviously, but it's just crazy because I think Tony Bennett is a top ten coach. Yeah, pe- people um, always
0: always criticize the system mm-hmm. until it wins, right? And then they see that it's an effective system. And at some point, Tony Bennett will will get that. Sec- that yeah, I th- success. I
1: think he'll get. I think eventually he'll get to the final four. It just takes time. Yeah to To implement the system correctly, I mean, I I think, but Virginia,
0: Virginia is a fine place. Yeah, a a fine place to have a basketball program, and they're they're doing just fine. They'll they'll
1: get there eventually. Our good friend thinks that Virginia is a failing program. Oh yeah, I won't name drop or anything, but (laughs) um, yeah, I just think that uh, I think that Virginia as a program will be fine. Um, it's obviously consistently one of the best teams in the ACC, and I see here we're watching, um just so you, everyone knows just just got on the background here. oh yeah, yeah we got on the background here we're watching some quality cbi <laughs> action we
0: got the campbell 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 camels that's always a, a tongue twister and uh, new orleans here um as jacksonville state just beat central arkansas they crushed um, central arkansas but yeah anyways back back to back to umbc i feel like every time we say we're going to talk about them we get sidetracked yeah um that's okay so the i i just i just do want to applaud them really i mean the now every single time that, like you're in the locker rooms pregame to a 16-1 matchup, the 16 seed coaches will be saying, "Hey, there is a chance now. It's not 0 and 135." Remember that UMBC team that did it, and they and they're going to pave the way. And also, on the flip side, the one the one seeds they're going to be like, "Hey, we actually need to show up because they showed that this can happen." And UMBC just phenomenal, led by Jared Lyles and KJ Mora. The, the terrific backcourt. I know when I saw K.J. Moore for the first time, I think last year, um, in like January of 2017, that would be, when they hosted Maine, I was like, this guy is really good. He's really quick and just just kind of sneaky. Like He obviously he, he, he wouldn't be big enough, you would think, to play at the high major level. They played like a high major, though, um, but he's really quick, and Jerris Lyles just as crafty and can get into the lane. And then they also had a good supporting cast of Jordan Grant and Joe Sherburn and um, Nolan Garrity. And, and um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody else. The, the guy number 30. Uh, oh, well. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they they were on fire hitting their shots versus Virginia. And really, when you think about it, last night versus K-State, they, they were – well, a few made free throws, but also a few you know, plays away from really winning that game. And it was crazy to think that UMBC was that close to going to the Sweet 16 as a 16 seed. Um, but the yeah, win against you,
1: Virginia was just phenomenal. Yeah, UMBC just couldn't hit their free throws in the game against Kansas State, which was, it was bad. I can't remember the exact statistic, but <laughs> they they had to be a, around 50% for their free throws that game. Yeah. Um, and, and it I ended think up
0: in a 7-point game so if they had made them they probably would have won.
1: Yeah, no, if they had if they had made most of their free throws they they could have won the game. Um but I just think and it's interesting too because when you look at the the point totals um in the game against Virginia, um the top defensive efficiency team in the country, they scored 74 points. Um in the game against Kansas State. Now Kansas State's a great defensive team too, but they're not a Virginia. Um they only scored 43. UMBC did, so it's kind of like, you know, score great against one defensive team and then score 43 against another defensive-minded team. So pretty crazy and ouch! That's 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 a blowout. Um, but no, I just yeah, you got to give props to UMBC, like you said, um, KJ Mora and uh, Jerris Lyles, really fun backcourt to watch, in my opinion, um, and I think. I think that their names obviously are etched into history. They won the hearts of all Americans obviously when you go into the tweet of Kansas State where they announced that they won the Sweet 16 and everybody was salty and like kind of like the thread. <laughs> that's kind of where you see like a lot of people who hadn't even heard of UMBC probably before this weekend were like apparently uh, now emotionally, you know, attached to UMBC. That's that's how 16 seeds. Yeah. And you to know,
0: to get to that that point of who hadn't heard of UMBC Whenever you have these, these major upsets and these runs in the NCAA tournament, um, it's, it's terrific marketing for the schools afterwards. Like, applications, um, application uh, numbers increase, um, You know, merchandise sales increase, ticket sales increase, and um, just people know of the school. Like, this happened when Butler made their Final Four run, George Mason made their Final Four run, when Florida Gulf Coast made their Sweet 16 run, and now everybody in the country knows the name UMBC, and whenever you say it, people will think, oh, that's 16 seed that beat a one seed. And I'm telling you, their their applications are, are going to go through the roof um, next year, especially out of state, um, people who hadn't heard of them. Um, merchandise sales, they're already, everything's flying off the rack. And I had seen that according to, I think, Darren Ravell or Jeff Goodman, um, this this little run that UMBC had in the tournament was worth Thirty-three million dollars of advertising for them, and you can't buy that kind of thing. Yeah, they were also tweeting out that they, you know, opened up the new arena, the UMBC Events Center, and they're looking for a sponsor. They were tweeting out the link for the applications. Th- this is just great marketing on their part, um, and it's really going to help the school moving moving forward. I know that I I think posed this question to you and our good friend JN of um, what we think UMBC will kind of be in the future if this will be a thing. More similar to a Butler, where they have a nice run and then they keep building on it and they become a really great program, or if it will be closer to a George Mason, where they had one amazing
1: run and then they, for the most part, fade into obscurity. I think they can pull. I think they can see. I think the comparison is more accurate to like a Florida Gulf Coast. Okay. Because like, okay, Florida Gulf Coast is the most similar because they were a 15 seed, right? Mm -hmm. No one ever heard of Florida Gulf Coast before their run. At least I don't think so. Not at least you know, not hardcore basketball fans. Um, and now everybody knows Dunk City. When you say Dunk City they know who that is, right? Yeah. And so And for the most part they run their league every year. They destroy the Atlantic Sun every year. So except Lips this year represented the Atlantic yeah, Sun. I mean well. they
0: occasionally have, you know, a falter, but uh-huh. um, I think it would be more difficult for UMBC perhaps because Vermont is already an established brand. That's um, what I'm thinking. But, but but it would be great to just have two powerhouse teams competing every mm-hmm. year for that one bid. I mean, I wish it were two bids, but for that one bid, just, you know, UMBC in Vermont—that I have a feeling that's going to turn into a great rivalry over the next couple of years.
1: It's just going to be tough because I obviously it's impossible to look into, into the future and see how this program goes because even programs like Loyola that have won a national championship were relevant, I- irrelevant after like the 80s for for many years, and so um, it's hard to say what this can do, um, especially because they're losing all their seniors. Especially they this are. Year. They're. They're three. So best I feel players. like they're going to have a hard year next year.
0: Yeah, they're three best players: Jaris Lyles, KJ Mora, and Jordan Grant. were all seniors this year, so coming back, um, I, I think. I think it was Davis, the the guy on UBC. I remember his number for some reason, thirty, but I can't. So they have him coming back. They have Joe Sherburn and Nolan Garrity coming back, and those three. They were kind of the the four through six players, but they do lose their top three. So it's going to be hard. Hopefully, with this, you know, incredible upset here, that they'll be able to get some good recruiting. I w- I would think that you should at least be able to do that out of it. You know, get some three, maybe a four star, um, to come, and that and that should help. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I I also really hope that Ryan Odom stays. Um, I know that every every high major in the country is going to be knocking down that door. Um, to come get him. I saw that UBC was their, their athletic director, Tim Hall said that they were going to, um, prepare kind of a new, a new contract for him. Um, basically offering as much as they could, but he said himself, he knows that they can't offer as much as other schools, but they are going to offer all that they can. And so I just really hope that he sees the great program that they've built. Um, and, and he really sticks it out and and sticks it through and, and stays there. Um, Four years ago, they were a four-win team. Then they were a seven-win team. Then Ryan Odom came in, made them a 20-win team, and now this upset. Um, it's just incredible what he's been able to do in the two years there. And I was saying this last season, it's a phenomenal job of what he's done there. I mean, this program, like m- all my growing up, UMBC was a laughingstock in the Baltimore area. Like, they they lost so many games. And like I know as a, Loyola, as a Loyola Maryland fan, whenever I'd see UMBC on the schedule, I'd be like, oh, that's a free win. Because UMBC was just that bad, but now everybody knows their name and they're and they're really good. And I just hope that Ryan Odom stays and he can get the pieces around him that he needs to continue this success.
1: Yeah, I just don't know. Um, yeah, Ryan Odom's definitely done a great job in UMBC. I just don't know how. Granted, this is the the biggest upset in in college basketball history, if not basketball history um, in general. And I think I just don't know how much. I mean, I I would win. Yeah, I I wouldn't blame him mm-hmm. if
0: if a high major came and offered him the bank and like he he wanted to take it. I could understand from his position. Yeah. But I just I I hope that he stays.
1: Yeah. It's just it's t- it's tough to imagine or it's tough to to predict how much one win could could catapult a program like this. Yeah. Um especially because I feel like most of the program's success is due to its coach right now anyway. And so, because yeah. mm-hmm. obviously you were explaining earlier, the win totals uh, increased exponentially once he was hired. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of their success right now is due to the effectiveness of their head coach. And if he leaves in the near future, which I think he might, because of how well he's done in the short amount of time at UMBC, I feel like he he would leave soon. I know there were even so,
0: there were even a, a little bit of rumblings last year after he took them from seven wins to twenty wins about him leaving for a bigger job. It wasn't much, but um, this year, I mean, it's it's going to be a lot. You know, all the programs are going to want. And and you look at a situation like like Middle Tennessee State, another a team that was actually snubbed from the NCAA tournament. Um, their head coach Kermit Davis, he just left for the job at Old Miss. And Grant, I think apparently he, you know, his family, his extended family was close by there, and it, it was it was a good situation for him. And he had been at Mill, Middle Tennessee a lot and had succeeded there with two tournament wins, but. You know, it's just—it's really hard for these mid-majors to keep a really good coach,
1: and that's what I think Ryan Odom is. Yeah, no, he's going to be a great power five coach, I think, in the near future. Um, that's just a prediction, though. We don't know. He could stay yeah. there for a while. Yeah. Just because of how you know the direction that that program is going is is great, and the American East, I think, is is going to benefit from it because now it's not just a one-team league, right? Yeah, Vermont. yeah,
0: I'm I'm really looking forward to those Same. matchups between Vermont and UMBC. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be great battles
1: in the year because come. usually Vermont would just dominate those matchups, and now it, it looks like not and, anymore. And
0: to be honest, for the most part, they did even this year. They they yeah, swept oh yeah, UMBC they in the regular season. Down at Cadensville, it wasn't even close. It was a blowout in the opening of their new arena, and then UMBC kind of just won on a buzzer beater up there. Yeah. So it it really went in the in the favor of Vermont this year for the most part.
1: Yeah. So we're all happy for UMBC here at Happening Hoops uh, headquarters, and we wish them. New, we know you'll be uh, probably at a lot more UMBC games. I <laughs> yeah, I still haven't future. been
0: to the new event Center. I, I've only been to the rack, and that's um, got to help attendance too. I, I bet love the attendance. Rack, but, will be better. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it should hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pity. I'll be back here, back out here for opening night. I would have loved to see them raise that banner uh, for sure. Opening night. Yeah. But what would uh, they raise? Just, I don't know. A round of 32. A
1: round of 32. <laughs> I yeah. I guess. Yeah. Just, may, just may, maybe, number on, one maybe on it, it would say first 16 to be to one. I, yeah, I don't know. Number one upset. Whatever. But number one seat upset. If we're speaking of uh,
0: if we're speaking raising of banners, um, might have something to go do out here as Loyal Chicago, Chicago is <laughs> okay. still a nice light. Slow nice your light roll. There. <laughs> let's, let's slow you, you your see roll. See how I did that? That <laughs> transition. So that, that's how it's done, kids. Um, yes, that's so, how you do transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learn so Loyola best. Chicago of uh, the Missouri Valley Conference here, um, they are still playing. Uh, they had two miraculous buzzer beaters—one to beat Miami. I was watching that game down the stretch; that was intense. And then another one to beat um, Tennessee. So they're still uh, they're still playing for something. You know, I'd love to see them in the final four. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, um, but right now, 16 seed or six, sweet 16—I keep getting those mixed up. Um, only two wins away, so. Uh, how, how have you felt about Loyal Chicago so far, Chase? And I really like in the their future? path
1: right now to... Because imagine Loyal Chicago right now. Obviously, I think Kentucky's better than a 5 seed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But right now, all you have to do is beat a 7 seed, which I think is doable. If you can beat Tennessee, you can beat Kentucky and Nevada, in my opinion. Even though I think Kentucky's better than Tennessee. But still, they're, I think they're on kind of the same level. Tennessee was the regu- regular season SEC champion. Kentucky was... Um, the SEC tournament champion, but um, I think I think that that does wonders for for Loyola's confidence in terms of if they win the Nevada game, I think they can hang with Kentucky for sure because um, Tennessee is, is 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 no joke. Like they're a really good team this year. They were one of the if not the best SEC team, um, and so right now I really like their path um, to the Elite Eight. Nevada's going to be a tough game. Obviously, they're one of the best mid-major teams. They stormed back, as we mentioned earlier. From twenty-two down with eleven minutes to go to beat two-seed Cincinnati, which was a huge upset in my opinion. Um, I don't think many people picked Nevada to beat Cincy in the second round. Uh, I didn't, but <laughs> I don't. Th- I, I don't think most people did. But um, it's crazy because you, you have guaranteed a mid-major team to be in the Elite Eight in this region, and yep. it's just crazy because you look at teams like Tennessee, Cincinnati, Arizona. Um, Kentucky, Virginia, all these teams in this region, and you're going to have a mid-major, Loyola or Nevada, going into the to that South Regional Final. It's just crazy. Um, but I think most of the the casualties, at least the major upsets, have been in this region in the South. Um, I've Arizona losing to Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, Tennessee losing to Loyola, obviously Virginia losing to UMBC. So there have been a lot of casualties. The one, three, and the four. I think. Um,
0: yeah, first time ever that there yeah. hasn't been a top four seed in a region. Yeah, um, advancing to the Sweet Sixteen since
1: I think like nineteen seventy nine was is what it was.
0: Oh, I thought it was since they've done like the. Oh, seating. maybe
1: maybe it is since they've expanded. Um, I think it is since they expanded the the region in the seventies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when it was. Um, but yeah, the 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 left side of the bracket, if you notice. Is is a lot l- more um, surprising in terms of Sweet Sixteen matchups than is the the right side, the East and the Midwest, because the East and the Midwest, save Syracuse, is, is pretty is pretty conventional, pretty normal. You got your one, your two, your three in the East, and then you got your one, your two, and your five in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty normal on the right side of the bracket, but on the on the left side, it's really crazy. And so, I guess
0: one one thing I want to touch on here is um, Purdue. In their Mm -hmm. opening round win over Cal State Fullerton, um, Isaac Haas apparently went down with a fractured elbow. Um, And so he was trying to wear a brace for the Butler game. Um, I don't think they cleared it, and so he wasn't able to play. Um, Purdue still snuck by Butler, though, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if, one, the Boilermakers have Haas for the game against Texas Tech, um, and, two, if they don't, if they're still going to be able to get by Tech.
1: I don't see them getting by Tech after how they played against Butler. but
0: If they don't have Haas, you If they don't have Haas, don't have Haas yeah. yeah.
1: Because, I mean, no offense to Butler because Butler is a decent team, I think. Um, they beat Arkansas, but I thought Arkansas was really overrated. Uh, they got killed by Butler. But I just think that Purdue is a completely different team without Haas, in my opinion. Their whole rebounding game has changed. Harms is a decent center, um, but I don't think he can carry their whole rebounding efficiency margin and so it's going to be tough texas tech doesn't really play centers either that much they have two centers
0: so that that should be in favor of Uh purdue they
1: they have the seven footer advantage texas tech plays small usually they play like three guards and two forwards most of the time so i feel like
0: it's going to be a guard matchup with keenan evans against either dakota Mathias or carson edwards or either of the edwards really yeah Um, yeah so like because people forget, like people think of Purdue's big men, but
1: Purdue has really good guards. Oh, they too. have great guard play. Some one of the best backcourts in the country with Edwards and Edwards.
0: Yeah, that's why they were uh, a potential Final Four candidate mm-hmm. going into this. I I had them advancing to the title mm-hmm. game. I think actually winning it. I mean, Did that was you really? Be- that, yeah. That that was before Haas um, went down. And you were a big yeah. Purdue doubter. Earlier. I was. I was a big Purdue doubter. But I I looked at the region. I liked the potential matchups that they could have faced. Um and really I didn't see them getting tested until frankly the Elite 8 against either Villanova or West Virginia who both of them are still alive so I got that one right. Um yeah, I, I thought probably Villanova would advance and then I thought it was going to be a really good game between Purdue and Villanova.
1: Yeah, now it now it looks like without Haas that Tech is going to be a test for them. Really. Yeah. So, um and I don't I honestly don't see Purdue getting by this game. In my opinion, I think Tech will beat them mm-hmm. because it's just the. the it's going to be a. a you're, like you said, it's going to be a guard game, in my opinion, and it's going to come down to if if the shots aren't falling for some of their teams, who can get the rebounds. Um, Purdue does have the the advantage with the with the seven footers, but I think Tech has the advantage with the um, with the athletes and the speed and just I think Big Twelve, obviously, the Big Twelve team, and the way that they played against Florida and Florida, you know how Florida is in the tournament. Come tournament time, they're always. Um, they are always a tough outing in March. Florida is, and so that's a that was a great win for Texas Tech, and it's just gonna be tough for Purdue to put Texas Tech away, in my opinion. But that 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 will depend on on whether Haas will play. But as far as I've heard, I I doubt it. Yeah. You know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because another thing that I'm looking at shifting gears to kind of like the West region. Yeah, um,
0: I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I actually have not seen many games from the west or the midwest this year just when i when i was watching there weren't a lot of games of that on so i'm more well versed in the south and the east here yeah
1: um what's we're we're, i'm just going to be talking about um the potential matchup between michigan i think michigan should beat texas a&m although texas Texas a&m looked really good they whooped north carolina but i think north carolina is a little overrated with that two seed because they have 10 losses i don't really think they should have been a two seed um but michigan i think michigan will beat texa i think that'll be a close game um and then that sets up a potential matchup with gonzaga now that'll be really interesting in my opinion because um wagner what matching up with either i guess tilly killian tilly for gonzaga um would be the matchup there that'll be a fun matchup to watch but it'll come down to um I think that'll be a more defensive-oriented game, but that would be a really fun Elite Eight matchup, Gonzaga versus Michigan, I think. Um, two kind of March powerhouses going at it. Um, and I think in one of my brackets, I actually picked Michigan to go to the Final Four because I I expected Xavier to lose early so that Michigan wouldn't have to face them. And I figured they would have beaten North Carolina, but Michigan doesn't even have to go through North Carolina, so that's good for them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a... Michigan has a, a very possible path to the Final Four here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree.
1: Which is good for Coots because you know how we, our, our good friend Cody Geyer, he loves Michigan. Um, and so Mi- Co- Cody should be happy right now with how Virginia's – or not Virginia, <laughs> they're gone. Um, Mich- <laughs> Virginia's at, on the couch watching at home. Um, Michigan's path is looking very solid right now. So uh, go blue. I never thought I'd say that. Just kidding. Don't go blue, I hate Michigan. But um I guess we can talk a little bit about uh, we didn't we didn't touch very much on Loyola, really. I don't think we did anyway.
0: If, if you want to I feel like that that could be a similar situation with Porter Mosier to Ryan Odom at UMBC where mm-hmm. he could end up leaving for a bigger job.
1: To Do where to to Loyola?
0: For for Loyola Chicago?
1: You're talking about Ryan Odom?
0: No 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying Porter Moser oh. could end up leaving.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. To a power five? I mean, possibly. possibly Yeah. I think that would be a there good There will at least be offers. Did you hear uh this is unrelated, sorry we're going off track, but did you hear about Dan Hurley?
0: Uh to Newcon to potentially. Yeah. yeah. Which is
1: big news. That's just alleged right now, but multiple sources have, have said yep. that, so That'll probably happen. Dan Hurley moving from, up
0: from that eighth best conference to that seventh best conference. <laughs> right,
1: it's like a move from A ten to American. Solid. Um, not that big of a jump, but you know it's UConn, so they're yeah, UConn's a good it's, program. It's UConn. They're they're a Power Five program. I wonder. Sometimes I
0: wonder who's going to be the next coach at Pitt.
1: Um, that's what I'm really interested about. I think it'll probably be like I don't know. I I was going to say Nate Oates, but since he signed that contract extension, I doubt it. Although that would have been big for for Pitt, I think, to get Nate Oates from Buffalo. Do you think do you think Tubby Smith is on their list? Maybe. I don't know. It's 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 interesting because um sorry, I'm searching right now.
0: I'm Um, trying to think of like who has been let go in the coaching profession that um, they would want to fill with.
1: Yeah. It's Sean Miller. (laughs) Sean Miller. Actually, he's a Pitt alum, I believe. He is, which is why his name is being dropped. So, perhaps. <laughs> Sean Miller, hey, you know, it's obviously, um, Dan Hurley was a blow to Pitt because I think Pitt was looking at Dan Hurley. They would have loved to get him. Um, but, unfortunately, he signed. It looks like he might go to UConn. Um, yeah, UConn seems pretty fixated on him. Um, but another... Um, Another name that's being tossed around um right now is um I think Ryan Adams no it's <laughs> No, a, I'm kidding. God. I hope not. <laughs> I know. Um Kevin Willard, I think, is is being tossed around right now. Where where was he at? Set, he he coaches Seaton Hall. Oh, okay. Um so he, he I guess like, that's a move up from yeah, the that, big I, East to the A C C Yeah it technically though, is. D- though a good big East team to a bad A C C team, I'm actually not sure about that. Fam, okay. What you don't understand is that when people are searching <laughs> okay, for okay, get ready for a rant
0: from Shane. <laughs> when people are searching
1: for coaches, the program is usually not in the greatest shape. So like, yes, yes, that that's usually the trend. Is that you're, just you're, like my Loyola Greyhounds who are on the market for a coach? Uh, yeah, they can try to get. Um, um I heard. Uh, um, Sean Miller is uh looking at uh Loyola Maryland.
0: Well, did you know?
1: Per a source. Well, I don't know. Do you want the FBI knocking on your Jesuit doors? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in your best interest. I, I f- <laughs> Loyola Maryland wouldn't even have 100K to give to these yeah, five-star recruits. Even, yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> Let's be be like, we don't even have that money, dude. Let me like contact <laughs> Sister Jean here, um, who, by the way, is a celebrity now, so that's pretty cool. An international celebrity. It is. She's the greatest, dude. I love Sister Jean. That's good for her, dude. She's getting some national international you, media attention. We're, we're, Why I, are you I, watching I think, baseball? Um, oh, it's a, it's a Campbell commercial. Sorry. Um
0: not the soup, the uh the school. Um but I think uh I when we went to Little Chicago, I had like gone to the concession stand or the restroom or something, and you sat through one of those sister Jean prayers pregame.
1: Yeah, I did. When you guys <laughs> went to the bathroom or got food or something, I was sitting there it and it was sister just Jean. me. I Oh it was? Yeah. It oh. was just
0: both of us who went.
1: So, oh, I thought yeah. uh, wasn't that the San Diego State game, was or was it? it something? different? Oh,
0: I was thinking, was it the San Diego State, or the Wichita? No, the Wichita State game. We no, went too late, it was. So you, it was the San Diego State. It was State you,
1: me, game. and Jan that were there. Yeah, because then we went to Northwestern. Our double header. Yeah, that yep. was great. Um, probably yeah. the best road trip we've done. Um, two solid games. Although the other yeah, one was. Was, a, was a blowout, but um, you know, you know, it's it's great because. Um, Anyways, by uh, the b- way, bottom
0: line of the story: apparently, Sister Jean's pregame prayers are quite lengthy.
1: They are really lengthy, and you know what? I'm not going to be hating on her anymore because now that she's a celebrity and I can't afford to do that. But when I sat through that prayer, dude, that was like five minutes long, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I get that you're a religious school, but please, can we start the game? But you know what? It's okay now because she's a celebrity, and, and uh, I wish I, I hope she has a Twitter account because that would be great. But She's 98 years old. I don't think she has a true, Twitter account. True. She probably account. doesn't even know what Twitter is. But um that's good. So congrats to Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago. Because I think I definitely think that Nevada is is a winnable game. Obviously it is because they've beaten Miami. She's already been scouting. Oh yeah, she is. She has them losing in the Sweet Sixteen, did you know? Loyola Chicago? Yeah. Oh Sister Jean. She filled out her bracket and Loyola Chicago lost loses in the Sweet Sixteen. So that's not good. That's not good for Loyola. No it's not. But um. But
0: anyways, getting a little off track here. Is there anything else you wanted to cover in the NCAA tournament bracket here? Yeah,
1: dude, I wanted to talk about um how great of a program Syracuse is, year in and year out. Syracuse.
0: I was talking to Chase on the way over beforehand, so let me explain Syracuse for everybody here. Speak Syracuse up a every bit. single year loses, um, you know, maybe like seven or the last eight or like. Five of their last six, or you know, stuff like that. So they're 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 on the bubble, but they're like on that side of the bubble where they're like, yeah, you really shouldn't get in. But every single year they go like three and eight against Quad One, and they play in the ACC, so their RPI is pretty good. And the selection committee puts them in every single year. Um, as well, about- they didn't get in last year, though. Okay, okay, you know what? Most years. So let let me let me finish my story here. Okay, so then they're they're in is like a ten or eleven seed every single year. And then every single year they go to either, like, the Elite Eight or the Final Four. And that's uh, that's the Syracuse way. Go from really shouldn't get in to, like, make a deep run.
1: Make a deep run. And then that justifies the committee. Oh, in yeah. In the committee's justifies eyes. To the committee, mm-hmm. even
0: though they still shouldn't have been in the first
1: place. Yeah. It justifies in the eyes of the committee that, hey, look, see, they should have been in. That's I think th- I've, I'm pretty sure that's how they think. Do you think? probably. Yeah, um, that, that's probably that's probably how they think. But, you know, uh, Syracuse has some great wins. Um, literally, I'm looking at their conference slate, and the only ranked ACC team that they beat was Clemson, and that was by three points. Yeesh. They got smashed by Virginia twice. Um, they lost to North Carolina. They lost to Duke. Tw- they lost North Carolina twice. They lost to Georgia Tech. Mm. They lost it's- to Notre Dame without Bonzi or Farrell. At home, they lost Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, and I, I know you like the point that They out, lost to Wake that's, at that's Wake. feel should have been
1: the determining factor. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying if Notre that. Dame wasn't yeah. in, Syracuse shouldn't have been in because yeah, they lost yeah. to Notre no, Dame. No, no, I, I agree. And I, I feel agree. like most people would agree with that because that's just common I sense. feel,
0: in, in in my opinion, kind of having had some time to look at the bracket, I feel uh, in the NCAA and the NIT and the bubble there, I feel that... Um, Syracuse should have been out, and who who was the other questionable when that got in? Oklahoma, of course. Oh, so I feel that Syracuse and Oklahoma both should have been out, replaced by St. Mary's and Middle Tennessee, and then I would have had Notre Dame as my first team out, but I wouldn't have been upset if people had put them in because I felt they're, like, right on that bubble. So that was how
1: I felt. And that's respectable. Um, but they did have a, a, a decently high RPI because their uh, their non-conference was – Okay, I guess. They played Kansas. and uh, Well, that's about it, actually. <laughs> Never we'll, mind. Toledo so <laughs> in Oakland, probably. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's Syracuse. Um, as long as you get, like, 13 losses or less, usually you should get in. Yep. So, um, and now they're in the 316. They'll probably lose to Duke. but well, They should lose to Duke. They should lose to Duke. Um, but, you know, the last time they went to the Final w- Four. Yeah. And they beat, like, number one, Virginia. So, on their way to the Final Four Kansas that year. So. should
0: also easily beat Clemson in the other matchup there.
1: Um, I don't know, dude. Clemson destroyed Auburn, and uh, Kansas struggled with Seton Hall. So nothing would surprise Kansas me.
0: Kansas also struggled with Penn.
1: Yeah, so I think Clemson will give Kansas Clemson, a better game than people think.
0: I think Clemson's pretty overrated, though. That's just my. They beat
1: Auburn it. by thirty-one points, and Auburn beat Charleston. So barely. I think Clemson's... Auburn g- barely beat Charleston. Well, Charleston's a good team. They're one of the best mid majors, and I think that. Um, Clemson's a good team. They're like third in the ACC. They're a good team. I think that they'll give Kansas a game, but Kansas should win that game. Um, and I think that's pretty much all I we want to cover in terms of ACC. I think I want to. You want to give your your Sweet Sixteen picks? Well, oh sure. You know, okay. And might as well just um, do the Sweet Sixteen bracket. I have
0: bracket. Kentucky over UMBC. Oh no! You really Kintu- that salty? Kentucky, no, I'm not. Uh, Kentucky okay. over Kansas State um, should be a, a big win or a large win. Little Chicago over Nevada. Um, ooh, now this this is a tough one.
1: That'll be a good game. That'll probably be the best Sweet 16 game. Villanova. versus... I am looking
0: at this old Big East matchup here.
1: Old Big East. <laughs>
0: The glory days, back when Southern Florida was in the big oh days. yeah, back
1: when um, <laughs> Southern, <laughs> you mean wow, South Florida, dude. South Florida, not
0: Southern Florida, South okay. Florida. Um, okay, so this can be a good one.
1: That's a tough pick, um, but I think it should be pretty easy.
0: Uh, uh, mm, right now I'm, he's, I'm coming back to that one. Okay,
1: um, he's skipping the Villanova game. We'll
0: pick. We'll pick. Uh, The Texas Tech-Purdue really depends if they have Isaac Haas. They probably won't. If Purdue has Isaac Haas, I'm picking Purdue. If they don't, I'll go with Texas Tech. Uh, Moving right along here, Florida State and Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Uh, Michigan over Texas A&M. Duke over Syracuse. Kansas over Clemson. And coming on back here.
1: Do, 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 do. I'll go with West Virginia. West Virginia over Villanova? Yeah. Interesting pick, my dad. It is.
0: Okay. I the only time I saw Villanova alive was when they barely beat Marquette. So they, well, they're they seemed rolling a little shaky
1: to me. They're rolling through their first two I games. I know, I know,
0: but I, I, I gotta go by my own personal eye test. So
1: Um Let's see here. West Virginia has looked impressive through their first two games, but they've played Murray State and Marshall, so no offense to those two teams, but those are two double-digit seeds. They haven't really been tested yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first game, obviously, I think Kentucky will win. Even w- if Kansas State has Dean Wade, I think Kentucky should win that game. Um, and then I have Loyola Chicago beating Nevada. So that sets up that South Final against Kentucky and Loyola Chicago. That'll be a good game. Um, I think now in the East, Villanova should beat West Virginia. Um they oh, the Sorry most. Sorry
0: to interrupt, Chris. Chris Clemens just hit a three from South Carolina. Really, give uh, Campbell the lead here.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's the score?
0: Sixty-nine to sixty-six.
1: Nice. Um, that's we're watching some quality. C, what is that? CBI. Yeah, CBI. Okay, I lost count. Uh, Villanova should beat West Virginia. They are the most impressive team to me so far in this tournament. They destroyed Alabama. Um. And then I think Tech should will beat Purdue, so that sets up that East final. Villanova against Texas Tech um, should be a win for Villanova to get to the Final Four. Um, and then in the West, I have Gonzaga beating Florida State and Michigan beating Texas A and M. So, like we said earlier, I think that's one of the most fun um, e- elite eight matchups. Is that Gonzaga versus Michigan to get to the Final Four? That'll be I, that's a toss up game right there. I don't really know. Um, and then in the Midwest, I have Kansas beating Clemson. Um, although I'm really tossed up on that game. I think Clemson has a legit shot to beat them. Really? I think.
0: Okay. So, so I'm, I'm pretty torn between the West Virginia Villanova and you're pretty torn between the Kansas Clemson. Yeah.
1: Just like, I think that West Virginia, I think is a tough matchup for most teams, but Villanova is a, is a very high IQ basketball team. And I yeah. think they'll know how to deal with the press. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, Kansas beats Clemson by a narrow victory. And then Duke beats Syracuse by a lot. And then, did you pick pick your Final Four teams? Oh, I didn't
0: pick further. We can pick further if we want, Okay, you you want to? Yeah, sure. I got, uh...
1: This is uh, some riveting content, I know. But, uh... We yep. are going <laughs> back forth. Perhaps if
0: you're watching this in the <laughs> podcast, these games have already happened. Yeah, and... technically. <laughs> but
1: you know what? You're still like, huh, these idiots getting all these games wrong. Maybe it's fun to listen to that. I don't know. You know but, what? Uh, I'll I'll pick with the heart
0: here. Uh, Blurs pick. to the Final Four. Oh, my. Over Loyola, Kentucky. Chicago over Kentucky. Ben
1: will not be happy to hear that. That's a pick with the heart. Um,
0: <laughs> and then you often do that. Gonzaga and... I, I realized I just said gonzaga on the other one they said gonzaga on this one but okay i don't know what it's called they, they, gonzaga they
1: always, yeah, okay sure gonzaga um, <laughs> do you want to sound
0: southern or yeah do you sound yeah give me michigan in that one michigan um and then duke in kansas uh duke please and not not pleases and i want them but duke i think it's gonna win i know um, you're such a huge duke
1: fan <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: um I, I, I dabble, you know, with the blue devils a little. Well. Um, and then, uh, I guess, well, it I had, I have to, I guess, pick if Purdue had Isaac Haas or not in this game. So I'll, I'll say they find a brace that gets him cleared, and they did win. So Purdue and West Virginia, give me Purdue. So final four night. of Loyola Chicago, Michigan. Uh, Duke and Purdue. I do even
1: I doubt the NCAA will even let him play.
0: Michigan and Duke and uh, Duke winning.
1: Okay. That's a true uh <laughs> mid-major national championship right there. With Michigan uh, and Duke. Oh yeah. That's very <laughs> unconventional. Never never seen those two teams in the national championship before. Yeah. Um I doubt that the NCAA will even let Isaac Haas play. I mean, I heard that their are engineer- No,
0: I thought I thought it was that, like well, I mean, I, I don't know.
1: Well, the uh, NC, or an ESPN article just came out that says um, top Purdue engineers are being asked to design a, a, a <laughs> brace.
0: That's so Purdue. <laughs> are being
1: asked to, to design an NCAA-approved brace for Isaac Haas. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean... <laughs> That's that is so Purdue. I mean, that like is. it's like, look, okay, we we suck in every other sport. Please, uh, we have a top engineering program. Just please design this brace and keep us. Break in this out tournament.
0: the 3D printer. <laughs> Break out.
1: We need this brace, and I just laughed when I saw that headline. Our I'm school like, depends on. It. I just cracked up when I saw that headline. I'm like, that is Purdue in a nutshell. But um, we'll, we'll see if they can design the brace in time for the game. I don't know, but that came out like an hour ago. And so we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I think the pick in Texas Tech and Purdue is, is based solely on whether they have Haas. Yeah. I think that's it comes down to that. Um, but my final four is going to be, I think Kentucky's going to beat Loyola. Um, and then I think, I think Gonzaga is going to find a way to squeak past Michigan. Oh. I think Michigan got super, Michigan should have lost against Houston. They got super lucky at the end with Houston missing two free throws that would have put it up uh, to possession game. And they hit a three at the buzzer. It was a very lucky win for Michigan. Um, I feel like they should have lost, but they're still here. Um, and so I think that they'll lose to a, a um, superior Gonzaga team, in my opinion. Um, and then, um, let's see, who did I have? Villanova and Texas Tech. Villanova should win that game, I think. Um, I think their guards, Jalen Brunson, I think, DiVincenzo, he's been shooting well recently, too. Um, Mikel Bridges is so fun to watch for Villanova. I think they'll get to another Final Four. Um, And then Kansas usually chokes sometimes in the Elite Eight, so I got Duke beating Kansas. And then Villanova beats Duke in the Final Four, and... um, that's a tough one, Gonzaga versus Kentucky in the Final Four. Um, I'm just going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Gonzaga. Gonzaga against Duke. Wow, how about Gonzaga? Because they they played North Carolina last year, and now they might play Duke in the national championship this year. The bluest of uh, bloods. Man, and um, I think Duke should win that one. So, so. we both have... We both the have the Same
0: Duke. team winning it, just yeah. very different Final Four. So yeah. while we were talking, uh, apparently New Orleans hit a three to tie the game, and then wow. with 0.9 seconds left, Campbell went down the floor and scored. Oh, my. While wow, we've it. been talking about So I, I had the tab open for the NCAA bracket and did not have it on the Campbell stream, so I missed oh, that play, boo. but oh, well. Um, we've been
1: talking about NCAA brackets, but the real tournament is going on on our computer screens, the CBI. Well, actually, so. no. I was
0: gonna say let's let's get into some nit talk here. Okay. Um, the nit was actually pretty loaded this year. Um, strongest nit bracket I've seen in a while. Um, every year, though, you have you have um, usually one or two four seeds that do really well and go on some deep runs, and we're seeing that this year in Mississippi State and Penn State. Um, Mississippi State beat uh, Nebraska and Baylor to advance now to a elite no. Yeah, elite eight matchup versus uh, Louisville, and Penn State uh, beat Temple, and then surprisingly Notre Dame um, in South Bend on St. Patrick's Day. That's Notre Dame losing on St. Patrick's Day. That's nobody should beat them on St. Patrick's Day. That's my personal. I'm think, surprised but, um, that
1: so many people didn't get angry at Penn State for beating the Irish on. <laughs> St. Paddy's Day just because, like, all those fans got angry at Kansas State for winning. Like, yeah,
0: I well, I, I, I was a little annoyed. I, I yeah. felt it's their day, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, so we got Penn State and Marquette um, facing off and Mississippi State and Louisville. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, we are still in the round before, but that's USC and Western Kentucky, Stanford, Oklahoma State, St. Mary's, Washington, and LSU-Utah as the vast majority, if not all of the mid-majors, lost in the first um, or on the other side of the bracket in the second round. Um, yeah, actually, I think the only mid majors still alive, or if you consider St. Mary's a mid-major, um, Western Kentucky, and, yeah, that's it. So my, my final four for the NIT here would be probably, I think, Marquette. They've been playing really well, both games at the yeah, uh, Al McGuire team. Center, which is a fantastic venue to see a college basketball game at. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that triple-headed monster of, of Rousey, um, Howard, and I'm blanking on his name, Hauser, um, they're they're doing really well, so I think that they'll get to the Garden. Uh, Mississippi State, that's, that's my trendy pick. Uh, they've just been doing too well. But Louisville is also good, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them win. Um, out of the USC region, I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Uh, USC looked really shaky in their first game against UNC Asheville, went to double overtime. And in the St. Mary's region, I like St. Mary's to get out of there. Um, So that would be Marquette and Mississippi State. I got Marquette advancing and Oklahoma State and St. Mary's. I like St. Mary's in that. And then... Really, I think it's a toss-up if you get Marquette and St. Mary's in in the National Championship... or in the... not the National... in the um, NIT Championship game.
1: I'll, I'll go with Marquette, though. Um...
0: Yeah.
1: Mississippi State won at, like the buzzer, didn't they, against Baylor? Mm-hmm. I saw that highlight. That was pretty cool. Um, it's just, like, really weird how one seeds, for the most part in this tournament, are always not that good if they're not a mid-major. I think at least they just underperform. It was something like
0: in the past, like, six years or however many years that the one and two seeds in the first round – are like eight and six.
1: That's just so bad.
0: They they lose almost as many games as they win, and it's, it's mm-hmm. that NIT hangover effect that they were on the bubble. They want to get into the NCAA tournament. They're disappointed to be in the NIT. Meanwhile, the, the the eight or seven seeds, they've had more time to regroup because mid-major tournaments are usually earlier, and so they get over it. They're excited and to be and in the NIT. they're excited to be in the NIT because mm-hmm. even for mid-majors, you don't get into the NIT that often. They mm-hmm. want to be there, and
1: they want to play, and the other team doesn't, and they just beat them. hmm it's just a case of I think it really is just energy, and um, one mid major team is, is really excited to be there, and the other isn't. Um, or th- usually it's a high major that's a one or a two seed, um, but St. Mary's is a one seed. Sometimes, sometimes the one seeds are can be mid major teams. I think Valpo is a one seed, weren't they? They were. So um, the year before we got here, yeah. So um, back when the Valparaiso was good. <laughs> no, let's, oh let's let's not say that. Oh. But. Um, no, I think going into my Final Four, it should be Marquette. I think they should beat Penn State. Although Penn State looked really impressive against Notre Dame. I just think Notre Dame lost that game because they couldn't hit shots. They just looked like they didn't. They really didn't want to play. I think Penn State um,
0: destroyed Oregon last game yesterday.
1: Well, well that, you I mean Marquette? Perfectly. Yeah, Marquette. Excuse yeah, they they won me. by like nine.
0: Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. They hmm. um, ended up being closer.
1: And then um, Marquette's a better team anyway. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State um, against Louisville, right? Yeah. Louisville destroyed Middle Tennessee. Um, That block
0: should be a good game, the Mississippi State and Louisville.
1: I think Louisville should win that one. Um, Yeah, Louisville handled Middle Tennessee pretty easily. Um, And then between, what would it be, Marquette versus Louisville, I would have – oh, that's a tough one. Um, I would have – I'd probably have Marquette winning that one. And then on the other side of the bracket, so uh, Marquette would reach the championship. And then um, the other side, Western Kentucky will beat USC. Um, Oklahoma State will beat Stanford. St. Mary's will beat Washington. And um, I think Utah will beat LSU, but I'm really not sure. I think Utah should win that game. Um and then it would be Saint Marys beats Utah to get to the semifinals. And then Oklahoma State beats Western Kentucky. And then um I think I think that'll be a tough one. I think Saint Marys beats Oklahoma State and then Saint Marys beats Marquette in the championship.
0: Okay. So we have the same championship, yep. just
1: different winners. Yep. Yep. So there you go. Um, so that's, that's your that's NIT, NIT. For you. good, and good NIT um, bracket this year. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be tough to see, but um, I think, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You want to touch on the C B I T and CBI before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: um, so the CBI
0: this year, I, I was I was kind of going into it um, thinking that, you know, this was kind of the make or break year for the CBI. Um, typically they'd had better fields than the CIT, but the CIT was kind of catching up. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, this might be the year that the CBI gets – a high major back in the field. I was particularly looking at um, 15-15 Georgetown, 16-16 Oregon State, or 15-19 Rutgers. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously they they didn't have any high majors, and frankly they took a step backwards actually because usually they have one or two A-10 teams and a Mountain West team or two in there, and they had zero Mountain West teams and zero A-10 teams. Um, The best teams were probably... Eastern Washington, Utah Valley, Canisius, and, like, Jacksonville State. Uh-huh. Um, so, really, you know, a, a, a pretty weak field this year. But you had— It really bad, not going to yeah, lie. It's, it, it we're we're it not was. trying to hide it here happening, oops. East, um, Eastern Washington, Utah Valley, which honestly could have been, like, a championship game matchup. Uh, Utah Valley won the first round. Um, oh, also, I, one, a thing I forgot to touch on, one of my favorite conferences, the WAC. Um, Eight for the eight WAC teams were W-D-U-R-F-M. in um, the CBI, which I guess they just all met up in Vegas um, at the conference tournament and said, "Hey, we're all going to the CBI." Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, get old on the buses and sing "Kumbaya." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Time to sing.
0: So, uh, but unfortunately for them, three of the four WAC teams lost in the first round. Um, I was really surprised by GCU losing at home to Mercer uh, with that home court environment that they have, but. They did South Dakota, another heavy favorite I had. They lost to North Texas. Uh, San Francisco beat uh, your favorite Patriot League team, Colgate. Um, My favorite Patriot League team? uh, You know. (laughs) Toothpaste, dude. Utah Valley beat Eastern Washington. And then on the other side, um, Campbell beat Miami, Ohio. Uh, New Orleans beat um, UTRGV. And then as we just saw, Campbell beat New Orleans. Um, Central Arkansas beat Seattle. Jacksonville State beat Canisius. And as we just saw uh, Jacksonville state beat central Arkansas. And then, um, yeah, so that's setting up your, your semifinals. We already know two of the four teams, Campbell and Jacksonville state, uh, waiting on a finish here from Mercer and North Texas as North Texas is up a decent amount, uh, at the start of the second half. And I, I got Utah Valley over San Francisco, even though it's in San Francisco. Um, that's definitely the best matchup of this, uh, this round, and we don't yeah. we don't know what the matchups will be. They'll re reseed one through four, yeah. but I, I like um,
1: who's who's just your favorite to win it
0: to like the best team that's still in it out yeah. of the six. Yeah, uh, I, I would have to go with Utah Valley. They okay. they've they've shown all year that they were one of the top teams in the WAC, and they're they're pretty good. Um, so I think that no matter. Who they play or, or where it's at? I I like the Wolverines against I think anybody left in this
1: field. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that it can improve because that's in my opinion a really a really bad field. Unfortunately for the CBI because uh, it seems like they're regressing. Yeah, yeah, um, it,
0: it definitely seems like they're they're going in the wrong mm-hmm. direction. Um, and wow, so uh, some. <laughs> Some shocking stuff here in the CIT as um, Sam Houston State was up 18 on Eastern Michigan at one point, and now it's a two-point game with under three to play um, Eastern Michigan ball, so definitely keep an eye on that one there. But uh, the CIT field, uh, another another one to talk about that that was going backwards a little bit, um, they went from 32 teams a few years ago to 26 last year to now only 20 this year. Um, your boy did correctly predict seventeen of the twenty teams though. Would have been eighteen if I had put Portland State in. I left them out though. I had them yeah, on the Yeah, how second could to you leave one. Portland State out? They were well, like so I, one I, of I, the best team the mid major in the I conference. I DM'd the Portland State account on, on Twitter. Um because they follow me and, and I said, Hey, are you guys, you know, gonna be participating in either one of I I did that with some coaches and some accounts and some of them responded. Um we need to wrap it up. Okay, and uh but they they didn't do anything. So anyways, mm-hmm. uh CIT field here we got um the ones that are just left UIC Austin P, Northern Colorado, San Diego, um UTSA, Liberty and uh, Central Michigan and the we- the winner of this uh, Eastern Michigan Sam Houston. Um I like San Diego uh, UIC or Austin P to win mm-hmm. it in my opinion. So All right. Uh as as we're being told here to to get out of the booth by the people at the time slot behind us. Uh <laughs> no, we're gonna we got, get uh, we're gonna get going here. Uh w- thank you for for uh listening to another episode of the Happening Hoops radio show. We'll be no, back yeah. next week to
1: talk about the final four. Um
0: anything else, Chase?
1: No, I think we'll we're gonna wrap it up. Uh we were um I think we covered everything we wanted to talk about it's going to be it's been a crazy march madness um in a lot of tournaments ncaa tournament's one of the craziest i can remember so it's been great make sure to tune in the sweet 16 it's going to be awesome um at least one guaranteed mid-major is going to be in the elite eight so make sure to keep your eye on that and thank you for listening to happening i can't even speak happening who's radio show ethan want to sign us off yep thank you see you guys next week see you bye-bye